Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Basil Almadani, a first-generation Syrian-American artist and frontman musician behind the band Basil and the Supernaturals, a Quad City Arts visiting artist who will be in residence from October 18th through the 21st. Good morning, Basil, and we are so excited you're spending time in our community. Good morning. I'm so, so excited to be here. As a first-generation Syrian-American, you use soulful, energetic music as a vehicle for communicating about the civil war in Syria and the plight of refugees in general. And you do so by interweaving this funky, very upbeat music with a message that's incredibly serious. Let's talk first about your family's background. Sure. I'm a product of immigrants from Aleppo. Uh, my mother and father were both born and raised in Aleppo and um, immigrated to the U.S. in the, in the 1970s. Um, my father, in particular, his whole vision was working to build a better life for his family. And so he made his way to the U.S. with $20 in his pocket, $20 in his pocket. And his whole mission was, you know, working to create a better life for the family. He was a physician. He was an OBGYN and opened up a practice in Northeast Ohio and has delivered over 4,000 American babies. And a lot of my own friends even. And that was the first thing I could think to even say when the travel ban hit and I ran to the airport. Uh, that was what I decided to write on a sign is to help tell that story and just paint a different picture of what people think of when uh, when they hear the word immigrant or refugee. Um, so I was born and raised in, in the U.S. I traveled frequently to the Middle East growing up every summer or two just to see my family, a big, expansive family, lots of aunts, uncles, cousins. And um, now at this point, it's been over 10 years since I've been able to visit my family over there. Um, most of my family has been displaced by the war or um, is still in Aleppo and just trying to trying to make things work um, in, the, in the midst of, of, of this this ongoing war that's been going on since 2011. It's definitely sad, but, you know, you, you can only sit in that darkness for so long. You have to find some light. Right. Which is what you're really doing as a songwriter. Um, you you move to Chicago. uh approximately a decade ago, so around the time that the war was breaking out. And uh, I heard somewhere that you really kind of sat on your creative thoughts for a while before you started writing directly about the issues, that it that it changed quite necessarily the content of your songwriting. It certainly did. I mean, there's always a delay between, of course, like a creative an effort versus the result. There's some time that's going to lapse. So that's, that's certainly part of it, but there was a lot of reflection. Um, and, and I moved to Chicago in 2010 and the, and the Arab spring, of course, really got bad starting 2011. Um, and right around that time I had already had, I was getting ready to release an album where the creative content had been written. And it was after that experience I had already had music out there. I was on the road. I was in different institutions or organizations talking about just immediately, as soon as things were happening, talking about what was happening in Syria and you know, trying to raise money for charity and doing my part. 
but really at that time I, I felt an internal conflict because the music wasn't addressing it, you know, and I wanted to be able to, to, to artistically connect to that. And it took me down a certain path and it was dark, you know, to really sit with those thoughts and reflect and try to understand, especially in the context of soul music, where everything is about the emotional connection to the music and being able to convey that from the stage and tell that story. It was so challenging to try to understand how to do that as a person who has the privilege of being here in the U.S. and not worrying necessarily about a bomb dropping on my house today. Um, you know, is there right. this? It is. A, it's hard. It is hard to imagine that it, that that other people are face face that every time they go out to the grocery store to pick up their children from school. Their children may not even go to school because that itself may be a dangerous act. Um, you yeah. know, and, and I just think it's beautiful that, that you've seen these songs in such a soulful, upbeat way. And you, you've listed the singer Otis Redding as someone who inspired you. When do you remember first hearing his music? Um, I mean, I've heard Otis Redding for, for quite a long time, but it really, I mean, like I sat with Otis in my experience when I first moved to Chicago, um, particularly in the, in the first year, uh, moving to a new city not having a wide network of people and kind of tapping into that loneliness <laughs> and then like listening to music and, and, you know, everywhere I had been, I was influenced by these other musicians and, and, and learning how to play instruments and write, et cetera. But I, this is the first time that I had heard an artist that I, I could just, you know, through the music and through the story he was telling, feel so connected and, it just really resonated with me emotionally. And I, it just taught me that like whatever I was doing artistically, I wanted to be able to connect that type of emotion to it and be able to tell a story through that performance. And of course, Otis Redding was around at the most racially tense time in our modern history. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, like it sounds like there was a lot of, there a lot of soul and funk and like upbeat, but he, also was witnessing so much hurt and pain around him and through shining a light in his music and delivering that story i think it really really helped resonate with people um by the time he even walked off the stage you knew more about otis and his in his story and his context well we're going to play a little bit from your song smoke off your 2020 full-length album smoke and mirrors and this will give people a little idea of the music that you're performing and what you're conveying. Basel, how do you explain the funky groove, the, the soul sound of your music with the underlying very deeply serious message you're conveying in the lyrics? Yes, I think there is often a misconception with funk music or soul music that it's all, you know, feel good, enjoy. Like there is certainly a groovy backbone through all of our music. And there's a dark undertone a lot of times because that's just the reality that we're sitting with. Um I think that's what's so powerful about this style of music is that something can be groovy and have multiple layers to it. Um, there's all kinds of hints and colors all throughout the music that 
work alongside the lyrics and and it's not this conflicting thing i mean there there are certain songs of course that are more joyous there's our song Aleppo that's all about celebrating the heritage of our people and kind of reshaping the narrative but then we have other songs that are genuinely funky and soulful but just have this darkness to them um and it's supposed to you know kind of be a little jarring you know like you're you're grooving but it's also got this 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 feeling it's like a little uneasy um it's yeah it's definitely trying to capture all of these emotions and layers and presenting it with a groovy backbone mm-hmm. well your band's motto i read was syrian heart chicago soul and that that's uh, kind of a perfect reflection of what, what you're doing here. And it also reminds me a bit of the artist Marvin Gaye. You know, he was commenting on um, so many of our social ills, but yet you kind of, uh, you know, that, that music is very upbeat and happy too. So there's definitely a tradition that you're, that you're working within. I'd also like to play a little bit from your song, Stepping Back in Time. Gotta make a sound now, we'll get down. Gonna make me read you right then. Time to take a chance now, stand out. I hope that we get alive. What is your underlying message in this song to the listener? Stepping back in time is definitely a call to action. I was writing that uh, right when the the travel ban hit during the Trump administration. And, uh, you know, Syria was, of course, on that list. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I soon as all of this went down and I, I just needed to figure out what my message was. And I wrote down this sign. Hey, my Syrian father delivered over 4000 American babies and I ran to the airport and that was such a powerful experience for me because it just it made me realize the story that I could tell to help kind of reshape what our people were being viewed as. We were being viewed as as this problem, and we were being you know banned from these countries. And people, you know, my family members and everything they're experiencing that is way beyond their control are suddenly not accepted here because just because of who they are. Um, it made me realize that a really powerful space uh, within this and. Um, to to be able to to personalize the the story, or just to, to humanize the Syrian or the Libyan or the Tunisian, um, it's not just this this far off news headline about the Arab Spring and all the chaos that's happening, but drawing attention to the people who are dragged directly into the middle of this, and help kind of shape that story and get people together to say, you know what, this is, this is wrong. We have to become empathetic with one another and understand each other's experiences. Um, so that's what stepping back in time really was. It was, it was a call to action to step up and, and fight against these policies that felt like we were truly stepping back in time at an unbelievably important time to come together with one another. It was an important time, but I, you know, wonder we talk so much about compassion fatigue and I, I don't know, but I wonder if that's part of it. You know, the constant news cycle is overwhelming. And ironically, instead of powering activism and inspiring us to action it, sometimes people step back and disengage. Yeah, that is an unfortunate reality. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad irony. Well, let's talk about your band. You're, you're here now with, with six members in total, I believe. 
Right, six plus one. Uh, we also have a guest, a Lieutenant Head Trip. He's a hip hop artist that's going to be jumping on with us as well. Um, we, yeah, we're very excited. Uh, we've been touring real frequently uh, ever since our release, which dropped right at the beginning of the pandemic. Of course, it kind of kicked things down the road a little bit. And so a lot of that has just slowly trickled into this year. And this has been one in particular that we've just been really, really looking forward to. Um, just getting into different spaces, working with students in the general community to help, of course, come and play some funky music, but also present, you know, this this deeper message and advocacy and, and how all this comes together and we how we can use our artistic integrity to sped to spread a message of empathy and, and humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I see you as the perfect group really going into public schools. Um here in our community. And I'm so happy that you also have public concerts for, you know, the older generation to, uh, (laughs) like myself included, to attend. Uh, You know, you do a lot of good work uh, besides your creative process, besides producing your music. You work closely with other organizations that are trying to build awareness and empathy for Syrian refugees. Who are some of the organizations you've partnered with in the past? Certainly. Yeah, the organization I work, I'd say, most closely with is the Cutum Foundation. Uh, they're based in Lake Forest, Illinois, and um, their work is really phenomenal. I mean, they're doing work consistently to help their whole mission is building a better future for Syria. And they do that by empowering Syrians to build a better future for themselves. Um, I actually went to Istanbul in 2019 to do professional development workshops with Syrian refugees uh, with the Karim Foundation, and just saw that work in in person. All these young people who have otherwise just been forgotten and are trying to make it happen and create a better life for their own families. Karim Foundation is giving them a light and, and giving them a, a, a light to help find their path um, into into sustainability. And to me, that's the most important thing. I feel you know if. Whether or not we have room here to welcome refugees or not, I'm, of course, on a mountaintop shouting that we should. But no matter what, the best thing I think we can do is empower Syrians to build a better future for themselves so that they can return home one day and have a sustainable future for themselves and their families. Well, that must have been a powerful trip. You said that was in 2019. So it was prior to the release of Smoke and Mirrors, your recent Mm -hmm. uh, full-length album was that experience the catalyst for your album then or were you already well into the production process at that point yeah i mean it definitely inspired ideas ever since then i mean that are on some that like made its way towards the tail end of smoke and mirrors and definitely material that we've written since then but it was a profound experience i mean it definitely helped me bring bring a sense of purpose to, to what i'm doing i mean when you're chasing after this thing and yelling from every mountain you can find it's easy to feel discouraged after a while until you see the effect of work that's actually taking place out there. It definitely was a way to, to regain a glimmer of, of hope in, in my place in all of this. Uh-huh. I also saw a music video for your song, Calculated Love, that was done in collaboration with, with the TEDx people from Wrigleyville, and it was charming. Uh, I was wondering how that project came about. Yeah, that was... Too much fun. <laughs> um, that was actually a connection. I think it actually came about through the Kenham Foundation. Um, I had heard 
through through the executive director, somebody you know that somebody was interested in and in, in what we were about in the project, and then you know, kind of like said, hey, you know, here's this here's the song we were thinking of making a music video. What do you think? Um, and they were working on a project really highlighting like youth during the pandemic in Chicago. And it's such a fun and funky song. Um, like I said, like everything we do, it ha- has this groovy, uh, uh, backbone, but not all of it is, is, you know, over the top joyful or anything or, or too dark. So calculated love in particular is one that really is like from this fun, fun place. And it has nothing to do with Syria. I mean, it's really about, it, it's about what it is and it's about love and, and, just not overthinking it and, and taking in the organic feeling and joy that it creates. Um, and, and it really set up a fun platform for us to work with TEDx and work with youth in Chicago to just kind of fight all that darkness, push it away and just dance our socks off. Well, it's done so effectively. There's probably, I don't know, 20 or more youth. They all look like they're elementary school age and they're, they're dancing and jumping up and down on the, kind of the iconic TEDx red, you know, red dot, but, but you see the Chicago background, um, you know, sometimes in your, you're in what looks appears to be abandoned parking lots and, and they're dancing their hearts out. And then they'll, they'll kind of like skip up to the camera and hold up, um, a little message. One of them said, navigate darkness, and then they skip and dance away. And it's, it's so well done. It's, It's very clever. And like I said, just, just a very charming video. Thank you. I got to give mad props to the TEDx team for sure. They were the production (laughs) engine behind that. Um, You know, the whole backyard scene was at our house, just like ragtag heat of COVID, just making it, making it work. And they did an amazing job empowering youth and, Uh and finding the right messages to align with the content and everything. And it really came out beautifully. It, it did. And just, you know, the beginning, um, being from the Midwest, people would, uh, well, I immediately identify it. it. The drummer is set up in a, in a snowy alleyway. And, uh, <laughs> and then you can see the back of what I'm guessing is your house. And, uh, you know, it, it seems very familiar. Um, even though I've never been there before, it just, you know, it, it, it resonated. It's very characteristically Midwest. Yeah. Well, um, Basil, you know, these are challenging times and I, sometimes have to keep reminding myself that historically atrocities have always occurred, but sometimes the world just does seem very dark. And, and yet here you are and your music makes me smile. So what's your secret? Do you have a secret to your optimism? Coffee helps. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I think, um, uh, on a daily basis, I find myself just checking in with, with my own sense of, privilege. I think self-awareness is key and just being able to count our blessings. Um, media is hyper sensationalized. We all know this and there's a lot of darkness. And if we try to over-focus on it, we're going to, we're going to spiral, you know? And, and I think I, 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 just being able to balance my life experience versus what my family has been experiencing and how fortunate I am every day to wake up in, in the home that I am and to have a line to the family that I do and to have a platform to scream about what's happening without having to, to worry about my family necessarily getting targeted. 
I mean, all of these things are, are, are blessings and privileges that are crucial to check in with. And I think if we just continue to focus on, you know, what, what keeps us moving, what keeps us persisting and how often things don't go wrong, then it opens up that energy to figure out how to, to put, to take that energy and put it towards something good and, and try to sprinkle some of the light towards these dark areas that, that need it critically. Um, so it's, I think just checking in on, you know, checking in on, on oneself and having perspective. Well, Basil Almondani, thank you so much for talking today. And we're very happy to have you and your band here in the Quad Cities this week. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much. Don't miss one of the upcoming performances by Basil and the Supernaturals presented in collaboration with Quad City Arts Visiting Artists Series. On Tuesday, October 19th, they will perform at 6 p.m. at the Iron and Grain Coffee House on Main Street in Davenport, which is a free performance. Then on Wednesday, October 20th, you can catch them at the Raccoon Motel on East 2nd Street in Davenport, which is a ticketed event. And on Thursday, October 21st, they will perform at the Wesley United Church of Christ on Iowa Avenue in Muscatine, which is free of charge. You can also learn more at Basel Music, that's B-A-S-S-E-L music.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. If there's one thing I know, it's how to make it feel right at home. I'll just take the pen and eat up, can't you tell it's all? Oh, it's taking time to realize she's gone, but the peace has